0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. First Thessalonians, chapter number five. The Bible says, But, but, that's the first word. Now, the NIV and the ESV and the Amplified and all these other versions, or not all of them, a lot of them, at least the NIV and the ESV, they started with and. But every word of God is pure. We need to make sure we have all the words right. It's but, because although chapter 4 and chapter 5 form a whole picture, it's a contrast. And so that what word but is... Fitly put there by the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we make our own revision to this and we start reading chapter five as and of the times and seasons. As if we have in this in these two chapters things that are similar. We're going to see that we're going to have things that are contrasting, and that's what these two chapters are. Matter of fact, let's look at a few contrasts because we can see some of it in four. Look at chapter four, verse number nine. It goes through the first eight verses and it says, but as touching brotherly love. And we see we saw there a contrast in verse number 13. uh, You know, it goes on and then when we get to 13. It says, but I would not have you be ignorant, brethren. And it contrasts what was said prior. And now when we get to chapter number five. It says, but of the times and seasons, brethren, there's a contrasting. What's the contrast? Chapter four was the rapture. It was the catching away of the saints. What's chapter five? The day of the Lord. They're not the same. And now God is going to contrast these things. One of these things happens before the tribulation. That's chapter four. That's the rapture. One of them happens at the end of the tribulation, and that is the day of the Lord. And I want you to make a note. The day of the Lord is not the catching away of the saints. The day of the Lord is not what is mentioned in the last few verses in chapter number four. The day of the Lord will start at the second coming. Now, I want to show you how it was set up. Go back to chapter number one because we're we're staying on this contrast for just a bit longer. First Thessalonians chapter number one, verse number 10. Watch what it says. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Now I can't go back, but we've got every message that we did verse by verse through first Thessalonians. So you can go back and listen to all those messages. I can't go backwards because we will just lose too much time. But when we see in verse number 10, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, that sets up or that previews chapter number four. With what? Jesus Christ's resurrection being the basis for and the reason for Our resurrection as believers. Now watch what it says next. Which delivered us. From the wrath. To come. That sets up chapter number five. With deliverance from wrath. As being the basis for. Or the reason for. Our watchful living. You're going to see. Tonight that we are watchers Chapter number four We see deliverance from death Chapter number five It's contrasted when we see deliverance From wrath Chapter number four We see believers sleep In death The dead in Christ Right shall rise first We see that Chapter five We see Unbelievers are asleep while they're alive (laughs) that's a pretty significant contrast chapter four you better not sorrow it says sorrow not chapter five you better not sleep it tells us let us not sleep so we have these contrasts that we're going to be looking at we have a whole picture that is formed you could say in the whole book but at least for tonight we're going to say for chapter 4 and chapter 5 we have a whole picture that's formed but within that picture there are two different times occurring two different times look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 again but of the times and the seasons brethren ye have no need that i write unto you for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Now, remember I said there was the contrast between the catching away of the saints and the day of the Lord? Okay, well, what's the day of the Lord? Let's get Second Peter chapter 3 and Acts chapter 2, if you would, please. 2 Peter 3 and then Acts 2. 2 Peter 3 and Acts chapter 2. 2nd Peter 2, chapter number 3, watch what it says. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. ever read that verse before? Everyone has. What's that have to do with the day of the Lord? Well, it's going to last a pretty pretty long time we will see that in a little bit But I want you to just make a note of 2nd peter 3:8 That one day is with the lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day now get acts chapter number two Acts chapter number two and look at verse number 19 And I will show wonders in heaven Above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. That's Acts chapter 2. You don't have to turn there, but Joel 2 says, And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the great and terrible day of the Lord. You know when the day of the Lord happens? Before, before the Lord uh, enters in for this thousand-year reign. It's going to happen. Uh, that that that's it. Let me get my thoughts back together. Matthew 24, 29 says immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. This terrible day of the Lord is going to happen after the tribulation. After the tribulation. But did you notice something in Acts chapter 2 and Joel chapter chapter 2? One of them says notable day and one of them says terrible day. Well, there we go. We must have an error in the King James Bible, except we don't because you remember all the contrasts I was talking to you about with chapter four and chapter five. The Lord is contrasting. It's going to be terrible, but it ain't going to be terrible to me. I'm going to take note of it. Oh, (laughs) there's going to be a group of people that it's going to be notable to. We're going to take some serious note to that. And there are going to be a group of people that it is going to be a terrible day. There's no error in the Bible. It's contrasting two different groups of people. This terrible day of the Lord is going to happen after the tribulation. All of these signs, all of this is going to happen before the day of the Lord. Okay, I was trying to go to before I got my before and afters mixed up. So we got terrible verse notable that is contrast. All right, everybody. Okay, so far, so far, so good. All right, let's, let's, let's go through some Bible verses. Let's go back. Let's go back to the book of Amos. Keep your finger in First Thessalonians 5. Let's go Daniel, Hosea, Joel. And then you'll come to the book of Amos. Let's get chapter number five. Amos chapter number five. Woe, uh, verse 18, please. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. Darkness and not light Go down to verse number 20 Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light Even very dark and no brightness in it I think that's pretty self-explanatory As it describes that day Uh, Let's go back in our Bible To Isaiah And let's get Isaiah chapter number 13 Isaiah chapter number 13, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, Song of Solomon, and Isaiah the 13th chapter, verse number 6 says, Isaiah 13, 6, How ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand, it shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Look at verse number 9, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, both Cruel both with wrath and fierce anger to lay the land desolate and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. Let's keep going to Isaiah chapter 34. Isaiah chapter number 34. For it is the day of the Lord's vengeance and the year of recompense. Isaiah chapter 34 verse 8. For the controversy of Zion, what do we see so far? It's darkness, destruction, wrath, fierce anger, destroy the sinners, Lord's vengeance. Let's flip one more book and let's run one more verse. Jeremiah 46 and verse number 10. Jeremiah 46 verse 10. bible says in jeremiah 46 10 for this is the day of the lord god of hosts there it is again a day of vengeance that he may avenge him of his adversaries and the sword shall devour and it shall be satiated and made drunk with their blood for the lord god of hosts hath a sacrifice in the north country by the river euphrates there we see it again a day of vengeance so this day of the lord it is going to open up with the wrath of the lord god almighty that is what it is going to open up with but then it is going to transition into an earthly physical literal kingdom that has been that is going to be set up by the lord And it will be him ruling on the earth. We don't have to be shocked that some cuckoo is going to be running. Another cuckoo is going to be running for governor of California. Right? Okay. It's not going to be that at all. So it's going to start out with vengeance and wrath and all the stuff that we just read. But it's going to transition into 1,000. Years, remember that second Peter 3 verse, it's interesting, isn't it? And the Lord will be there as a deliverer. Get Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament, and Malachi chapter number uh, four. But unto you that fear my name, shall the Son of Righteousness arise, watch this, with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth. And grow up as calves of the stall with healing in his wings. So it's going to start off this day of the Lord, wrath and vengeance. And it's going to transition into his healing in this millennial kingdom. Now let's get back to our first Thessalonians chapter five. And let's go back to our contrasting. We have two different groups of children. Children. That are contrasted in chapter number five. One of them. Is of the night and of darkness. One of them is of the day. And of light. That means. There's two different characters. Our characters Christians is different. Um, We see that in. Verse five. "Ye are the children of light. And the children of the day. We are not of the night nor darkness. It's interesting in today's day and age, a lot of the sin to make some practical application happens at night. You know, when people go to the bar at night, you know what happens when they go in the bar, all the lights aren't on, they're dimmed and they're dark because that's where lost people go to dark places and do dark things. They don't want the light shined on them when they come out of that bar and they see a gospel witness standing out there. And that gospel witness says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. They can't get away from the light. Our job is to shine that light of God's truth on them. Because they ain't coming to church. They're going to the bar. They're going to these dark places. So our jobs as Christians is to get refreshed, is to be edified, to pray, to learn God's word, and then take it out of the four walls of the church house and bring it onto this lost and dying world. So a little preaching in with some Bible study. It's always fun. All right. We see our characters is completely different. And let's go to John three because. that'll preach. Verse 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. When somebody says, why are you condemning me? You say, I'm not condemning you. I'm trying to give you the truth. Man, you're already under condemnation. You think because I showed up, something happened, and now I'm condemning you? You've been condemned all along, man. We're trying to give you the truth. Because why is he condemned? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light. Why? Because their e- deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil, hateth the light. Neither cometh the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. That's why people cancel meetings on you. <laughs> they don't want their deeds to be reproved. They don't want that light shining on them. I mean, that's, it's as simple as that. I know it hurts, but we've all been hurt like that from people that we want to give them uh, gospel salvation. They don't want to hear it. Throughout 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, the saved person is addressed by the Holy Spirit directly. But there is a contrast in chapter 5. The lost person is also being addressed, but indirectly. I think it's important that we get that contrast. Look at the saved person, how he or she is addressed in chapter 5. It's either by ye, you, yourselves, us, or we. All through chapter 5, anytime you see those pronouns, it's addressed to the saved person. Chapter number 1, ye have no need that I write unto you. Verse 2, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh. My expectation. Therefore, is different than the lost person's expectation. Why? Look at First Thessalonians chapter five. Look at verse number two with me. First Thessalonians five two. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. I know the Lord is coming. You should know the Lord is coming. First, uh, now go back to chapter 4, verse 13. Read verse 13. Watch what it says. But I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Paul didn't have to write to them about the day of the Lord. Do you know why Paul didn't have to write to them about the day of the Lord? Because they know about the day of the Lord. You know what they were ignorant of? Another thing that was going to happen. That's what they were ignorant of. They didn't believe in the resurrection. He straightens them out on that. They were ignorant of the rapture. And so he gives it to them, this new news, at the end of chapter number four. But they knew the day of the Lord. You got the Old Testament scriptures. We just ran all of it. It's It's not brand new, or at least it shouldn't be to them. Our expectation is different. Um, do you see in verse number one, go back to First Thessalonians 5, look at verse one. You see where it says, but of the times and of the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. All right, Go back to Acts, get chapter one. Acts chapter 1. We run times and seasons. Watch the reference. Acts 1 verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the father hath put in his own power acts chapter one when we see times and seasons it doesn't have anything to do with the rapture of a church it has to do with israel kingdoms and when does that come into view after the catching away it comes into view later it's a view later as believers We are going to take part in the day of the Lord. We are. But we're going to be coming back with him. It's going to be a notable day for us. And by coming with him, we are going to be with him when he establishes his kingdom. But look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 again. You see at the end of verse number 4. That day should overtake you as a thief. The day of the Lord is not going to overtake us. We're going to come with him. We're going to come with him. But you brethren, you're not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. He tells us right in verse number four. We're coming with him. We are not going to be overtaken by him as it tells us in the fourth verse of chapter number five. It's just sorting out these contrasts. So in verse number two. Go back there. I don't want to get too far. Let me finish this thought. Verse number two. For yourselves know perfectly. That the. What didn't they know? They, They for sure didn't know perfectly the rapture. Paul's got to explain it to them in chapter number four. They knew perfectly. That the day of the Lord would come upon unbelievers as a huge surprise. That's what they knew perfectly. That day is going to come upon unbelievers as a surprise. We're not told to look anywhere for the timing where the rapture is going to happen, by the way, which somebody now is saying it's supposed to be 2028 or there's this thing going on now where there's been so many date setters, they should just all quit. They should just all quit. You, ye, yourselves, us, we, believers, saved people. In chapter number five, who are the lost people? They, them, others. When you see that in chapter five, it's referring to lost people. Watch what it says in verse three. They shall say. Um, Where where am I here Where's the next one Uh, Okay okay Uh, What are they going to say Peace and safety What are the lost expecting Their expectation is peace and safety That's for they That's for them You know what we are expecting The Lord to come as a thief in the night That's what we're expecting And we're going to come with him. We have a different expectation than lost people. They're expecting peace and safety. We are expecting the Lord to come as a thief. Verse number four. But ye, brethren, who's that talking about? We see ye. We talked about those pronouns. Brethren gives it away. It's talking about saved people. And then it says are not in darkness. Well, who's in darkness? That would be the lost people. Two different groups of people being talked about. And then it says that day should not overtake you. Who's the you? That would be us as the saved person. So cometh as a thief in the night. Let's go back to that chapter, uh, that second verse. And it says, so cometh as a thief in the night. It's not the rapture. You can't find anywhere in the Bible where a thief in its reference, refers to the catching away of saints. It doesn't refer anywhere in the Bible to a pre-trib rapture. It's a post-trib figure. Revelation 16, 15, Behold, I come as a thief. The day of the Lord, what does it say in verse number 3? For when they shall say, Peace and safety... Then sudden destruction, that's the day of the Lord, is going to be sudden destruction. This seven years that's going to happen of this tribulation time or this Daniel 70th week, it's not sudden destruction, it is a gradual worsening. It also says in verse number three, and they shall not escape at the end. It's going to be the day of the Lord total a total totalitarian destruction the tribulation it's a partial destruction but there's going to come a day when it ain't going to be like that and that's going to be the day of the lord we also see it in chapter number five we'll run a few more of these contrasts saved people we see are watching lost people we see are sleeping Verse number three, what do the sleepers or the lost people obtain? They they obtain sudden destruction. They obtain travail and they obtain no escape route. Now, we started doing something on the family farm that's kind of dangerous. Felling trees. Any of you men have done that? When you fell a tree, you you need to make sure you have your escape route planned. So when you do, your, if you do your notch here and you're going to on the front side and you're going to do your back cut from the back side, your escape route is a 45 degree angle back. And you're also not supposed to cut downhill. Could yeah, that be bad if the, if the tree won't? So you got to, you have to plan your escape route. Well, there ain't going to be an escape route in the day of the day. Ain't going to have it. The lost are going to obtain sudden destruction. You know what we're going to obtain? Salvation. Verse number nine. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read verses seven and eight and watch watch the contrast. For they that sleep, the sleepers, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us, see the contrast, who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, for in helmet the hope of salvation. There's a contrast all throughout here. And we are spared. The church is not going to be on the earth. We are spared from any and all part of this Daniel 70th week of this tribulation. Our little toe isn't going to step Put into it's not It's not for us We instead of wrath Have the hope Of salvation But wait I thought I was saved Why would I have the hope of salvation If I'm saved Isn't that a good question Are you saved I'm saved Why are we supposed to have the hope of salvation Because our salvation still has a physical part to it. What is the salvation spoken about here? Our bodies will be physically delivered. We are going to experience a physical salvation. We looked at this before in Romans 8. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. Is your soul saved? My soul is saved that's settled but one day we are going to get a glorified body that's part of this physical aspect of the salvation our body is going to be glorified and we have the hope of that Amen. that we we have we are going to obtain salvation and our bodies are going to go and live With the Lord we're going to be with him 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 10 Who died for us that whether We wake or sleep we should Live together with Him there's two parts Or two aspects to our Salvation we are Saved And we have a home in heaven Everybody knows that We are saved from the wrath Even the little itty bitty wrath It starts because we have a salvation to obtain. And God's not going to renege on that promise. He's going to give us that salvation of the redemption of our bodies, our physical bodies. A few more contrasts as we wrap up. We have something that is better as a watcher. Look at verse 8. But let us who are of the day be sober. Putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. We're watching, we're saved, we have sobriety. It causes us to be alert. Look at verse 6. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and let us be sober. We have a sober mind, a sober physical body. We have no need at all for liquor. We have no need at all for pop psychology. We have sobriety in every aspect. We have the breastplate of faith and love, hope of salvation. And then verse number 12, we beseech you brethren to know them which labor among you. Verse 11, wherefore comfort yourselves together and edify one another. We have comfort and we have edification. You know what the lost has? They're asleep, they're drunken, and they have nothing, nothing. That's why we want to bring them something that's so much better. What we have is better. Hope, comfort, salvation, all that we just talked about. The relationship, two more. The relationship of the saved and lost, if we look at verses 10 and 11, look at First Thessalonians 5 verses 10. We'll read it again. Who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even also ye do. We are united in Christ two ways. We have that union with Christ. We all have that individually. But we also have that union and fellowship with each other. And the brethren can come together for that. Lastly, we'll do a final charge, and then we will pray and, and wrap it up. Let's go uh, let's go back to the Book of Romans, chapter number thirteen. The Book of Romans, chapter number thirteen. The Bible says in verse number eleven, and that knowing the time, Romans thirteen eleven, that now it is high time to awake. Out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Are you saved? I'm saved. How can something that we have be nearer? Do you have a glorified body yet? Did you obtain that yet? With each passing day, it is nearer and nearer and nearer when you and I will get the redemption of our body. That is a part of our salvation that will come to pass at a later point. We don't have it now. We're stuck in this body of flesh. but One day we will. The night is far spent, verse 12. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness. Not in strife and envying. Oh boy, that'll preach. We'll do that, save that for another time. Man, that's all loaded with stuff to preach on. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. You must live different. Not to earn your salvation. But because you have it. And because you have somebody that is worth living for. And before you met your spouse. Oh boy you'd do anything for your spouse. Because she made you or because he made you. No. Because you oh so wanted to. You had the lovey dovey eyes. You would have done anything. And then you got married. And six months passes, nine months, a year, five years. And you stop doing the things that you used to do. We all do that as married couples in one one degree or another or at one time in our life or another, right? We need to get back personally to that place when we first, if you have a spouse... It's no different with the Lord. When you first got saved, you were all out. I'll do anything you want, Lord. Now it's, Lord, I don't have time. Lord, I got work. Lord, the ball game's on. God's not going to twist your arm and make you do anything you don't want to do. But if you say that you love him and you want to serve him and you want to go all out for him and you're thankful for everything that he did for you, then by default, you must live for him. Because what you live for and what you spend your time doing and what you spend your money on, that tells everybody who you love. Tells everybody. Fall in love with the Lord again or fall in love with your spouse again if it's Just throw that out there if anybody needs it. All right, last, we must call those to arise out of their sleep. Ephesians 5.14, wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee life. That's the message that we take to this lost and dying world. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.